Thank you for downloading and happiness. Dare to be happy. We are two curious friends that want to explore what makes us happy. In each episode, we will take a topic in alphabetical order and discuss how it relates to and impacts happiness. We will live the experience of each concept through a dare that we set each other and then talk about how it affected our happiness. As well as diving into psychological theories and evidence which supports or contradicts our personal experiences. In other words, in this show, psychology meets play. I'm Kitty Newman, director of Trapeze Media, a digital marketing agency that leads with social. My company philosophy is based on the importance of play in all our lives and how important it is to be happy at work. I have been obsessed with the circus for a few years, hence the name Trapeze Media, and making time for things like handstands and aerial in amongst the day-to-day challenges that come with running a successful business makes me happy. My name is Claudia Mitura. I'm a work psychologist and learning and development specialist with a purpose to boost happiness in the workplace. I love experimenting and applying scientific research on happiness to my daily ups and downs, or just to prove my other half wrong. I also like to look for happiness in unusual places, so I won't shy away from diving with sharks or starring in a pantomime. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Kitty. Welcome to episode 15 of For Ordinary. Mm -mm. Ordinary, not boring. Ordinary. We're speaking about the moments that we experience on a regular basis, that they are not different or special or unexpected in any way. Okay, so is that the definition of ordinary? Yes. Something every day, totally expected, something we're completely used to doing that won't take us by surprise. Perfect. Can you plan an ordinary thing? Well, I think we can. We have lots of lovely ordinary moments in life that we're planning. And uh, our there was to enjoy those ordinary moments this week. But also we've asked friends about their ordinary moments. And yeah, it was so cute. (laughs) It was so cute. It was like a little compilation of friends telling us their ordinary happinesses. It was really nice, actually. So let's start with us. What ordinary moments have you enjoyed this week? So I've realized how much I love my bed. I wasn't sleeping very well for a time. And then I had such a good night's sleep. I slept the whole way through and I had dreams and they were nice. And I just feel, and I was like, this is an ordinary thing. All I've done is go to sleep. I've done this literally every night. Well, not every night. I sometimes haven't slept and stayed up all night. But most nights of my entire 32 years of my life, I've gone to sleep. How ordinary could that be? But I realised how happy it made me, this really good night's sleep. And combining that with whenever I put fresh sheets on my bed, (gasps) (laughs) fresh sheets on my bed make me so happy. So I realised how much I love my bed. What about you? For me, it was quite interesting as well, because as you know, we've just returned from visiting my family. So we were in Poland for a few weeks and we have come home. And I've realised that there were certain ordinary things that I missed about my home. Definitely a comfy bed that you used to. A warm bath when I was getting cold and that moment and I'm slowly lowering myself into a hot bath is a moment of bliss for me. It really is. Oh, that's lush. The other one that I've written down, which actually came up, I think, for a lot of other people was 
a coffee in the morning. I love and look forward to having a calm coffee in the morning with time to think around drinking this coffee. That I love too. I got a few messages from people saying they enjoyed that morning coffee. Yeah, but I think the from our friends' messages, the tea was the winner, though. Tea, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was the most commonly quoted ordinary moment, having a tea. And people seem to have tea in lots of various places in their house. And that was what was very exciting for them. That's so true. When people said about the cup of tea, it came with a location. People saying, I love a cup of tea in bed. And that was their go-to lovely moment, a cup of tea. Yeah, very British. Yes, absolutely. And one of our friends even called it that if you added a biscuit to it, you have a pinnacle of happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Also, my reflection was when I was listening to the messages that some things that were ordinary for some people were not necessarily ordinary for me. And I think maybe vice versa. So one of our friends was mentioning perfectly cooked jacket potato. Oh my God, yeah. And I must say, I think I had jacket potato once in my life. So I think if I would be having it now, it would be like extraordinary moment for me. Oh, that's so true. Because it's not in your kind of repertoire of standard cooking. I get where they're coming from. Because you can eat a jacket potato as a pretty standard dinner. But when you get one that's super crispy on the outside, soft and fluffy in the middle with a big bit of butter. Oh my God, my mouth's watering. (laughs) It's so basic. But it's so good. Oh my God. How much emotions behind cooking jacket potato. I feel like I've been missing out my whole life. Oh my God, yeah. In fact, Georgie Burr taught me a trick. If you stick a knife all the way through the jacket potato when you put it in the oven, you get that soft, fluffy middle. Mm. <laughs> so you even have off-track conversations with people about cooking jacket potato. Okay, seriously. <laughs> And Kitty, when you're experiencing ordinary moments, what feelings do you experience? Well, in mine, they all came with a comfort and a calm and kind of content. When I woke up after my amazing sleep, I just felt very calm and content. And I feel like that with all of the other things. The coffee is like, mmm, it's this lovely moment of before the day starts, like, mm, this is just nice. And the bed sheets, the fresh sheets make me really comfy and cosy and like I'm all clean and snuggly. (laughs) Yeah, I love it because I listed very similar emotions. So comfort, definitely, security and being content. I think that definitely when the ordinary moments are happening, you're like, okay, the world might be crazy, but there is this small pinnacle of happiness, of ordinary moment and I'm safe and I'm okay. Also, they're very much for ourselves, aren't they, actually? A couple of friends ones that I thought were worth noting was a nice, satisfying poo was brought up by a friend. Now that is not for anybody else's enjoyment. That is purely for your own comfort. But another few things was nice smelling lotions and using nice creams. A friend of mine said nice shampoo and then their hair smells nice. These are all such gifts for yourself. I think that's another sort of feeling that I recognised in all these is it's the self-care treat thing for yourself. Absolutely.
Now, we are speaking about these ordinary moments, but actually in many cultures, there are almost entire philosophies about those moments. So let's go traveling because I found two very interesting concepts. Let's go for Copenhagen for a minute. Have you ever been in Copenhagen? No. Me neither, but I really want to go because they have the Happiness Research Institute and they also just opened up a happiness museum. Wow, no way. Amazing. I feel like as part of this podcast, we should go, Kitty, to just explore the topic more. Road trip. I'm so in. Yes, me and you all the way to Copenhagen. Perfect. We'll do a vlog. Yes. Denmark is often claimed to be happiest country in the world and the Happiness Research Institute is exploring why some societies are happier than others. And they talking about a very specific aspect of culture, which is called, I believe it's pronounced Huga. So having a feeling of coziness and well-being through enjoying the simple things in life. And they're comparing that feeling to coziness of the soul and having cocoa by candlelight. Oh, I've heard of this. It's spelled funny, isn't it? Is it H-Y-G-G-E? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. This is so lovely. When I think about this concept, I think very snowy, heavy winter in Poland and me and my family cuddle up on the sofa with our fireplace, having some nice mulled wine, that kind of coziness feeling. The world is raving and it's crazy and cold, but we are here together. Oh, I love that. You know, when it's raining outside, it's sort of dark, but yeah, you've got this lovely soft lighting inside. You know you're about to watch a film. Even before you watch the film and you're getting ready and you know you're about to like get cozied up. Oh, I love that feeling. Now, you've been in Japan. Mm, Yes, twice. Oh my God, I love it. I know, that's definitely on my bucket list. And in Japan, they have a similar concept, which is called Ikegai. And it's a pleasure of small things and having the sense of purpose and finding that purpose in daily ordinary tasks. So if you think about tea ceremonies in Japan, that concept of very simple task that has been almost taken to the level of art and celebration and finding purpose in that very ordinary task of making cup of tea. Wow, yeah. Tea again. Yeah, what's what's with the tea? We're coming back to tea. <laughs> Can you think of any ikigai moments in your life? Tidying up, ordinary, but with purpose. I don't find the ritual in it. I think maybe if I thought about tidying up in more of a ceremonial, ritualistic way, I could find a bit more purpose from it. I put my clothes on in the same order every day. I think I said this in the habits episode. The word purpose escapes me in those sorts of things, though, because I don't know if there's a purpose. It does give me pleasure to do that. It's like following these same things. You have to do this every day anyway. You might as well get the pleasure from it and be like, "Mm, yeah, I love that sock. (laughs) This sock is so soft. Mm." Yeah, I guess I do do that. And when I've got a holy sock... The pleasure of that ordinary moment is disrupted. What did you think of then? I was thinking that my bath taking is definitely entire ritual of lots of small tasks that I need to do in order to get that pleasure. And definitely it is with a purpose of relaxing, cleansing my body, cleansing my mind. Definitely. 
The bath is an interesting one because a friend of mine discussed once taking a slow motion bath. So you use this time with running the bath and doing the preparation and really considering what you're about to do and enjoying every moment of it. And the running water, it would be so calming. And yeah, I wish I had a bath I could do that and I don't have a bath, but I see that being so pleasurable. Wow, so we're speaking about so many different ordinary moments and clearly you can feel and you can hear how much positive emotions they bring to us. So my question to you, Kitty, is do you think ordinary or extraordinary moments give us more happiness? Well, this is interesting because obviously we have extraordinary moments in our life and then when you look back on your life, you remember the extraordinary you don't necessarily remember the coffee you had every day, the tea you had in bed every day. You might remember it if it was extraordinary because it was the first tea in bed you had with your boyfriend that was new or something, but that's made it memorable. So I'm trying to now think about what's happy and memorable. You probably need to work hard to find enjoyment from the ordinary moments. Like before this, I wasn't considering those ordinary things bringing me joy. And I would think, oh, all these things in the past that have happened, those were brilliant moments and those made me happy. To be honest, Claudia, I think you need them both. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. And I think actually that you will remember both. When I miss my family, I miss the small moments of being with them, spending time with them and doing those very ordinary activities. So I think in terms of memory, yes, you won't remember every single cup of tea, but you will probably remember that, oh, when I was in that particular place or living in that particular house, I remember having this amazing coffee. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. But it actually depends on our age. There is this very interesting study in which researchers measured the happiness brought by extraordinary versus ordinary experiences. They work with participants with various age, so from 18 to 79. And participants needed to recall extraordinary or ordinary moments and rate how much they contributed to their happiness. They also had a list of various extraordinary and ordinary moments and they needed to rate how happy they would be if they had those experiences. And actually, they found that the extraordinary moments contributed strongly to happiness, no matter the person's age, because you're right, they are capturing our attention attention, we remember them, they rare, they fell out of our daily routine. But the older the participants were, the more strongly they felt that the ordinary moments contributed to their happiness. So the researchers said that ordinary moments that make up everyday life tend to be overlooked when the future seems boundless. However, ordinary experiences increasingly contribute to happiness as people come to realize their days are numbered. The closer you are to death, the nicer the simple things in life are. Is that because the more extraordinary, the higher the risk of death? No, it's just more that you realize that you don't have endless future and you cannot be waiting constantly for extraordinary moments. Oh, okay. 
So in order to get the most of life, which is limited, you need to savoring the ordinary moments. That's why. I got you. Oh, that's so lovely, actually. But when you're young, you're living from adventure to adventure, achievements to achievement, because your pace of life is very high and you think you have limitless time to do everything you want. So cup of tea, it's not that exciting. You then, over time, realizing, okay, I, I have limited time and those small moments really do matter. I don't have to wait for a big boost and a kick from an extraordinary moment to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. I'm just thinking about myself now and how I love the parties and I would be like, yeah, I want to be the center of attention, do all these things, go all these places. And now I thought it was lockdown that made me realize it. Actually, maybe I'm getting too old for this shit. And I'm just like... (laughs) I will learn like, mm, enjoy a nice coffee, go for a drive, enjoy countryside, enjoy the ordinary things. It's not lockdown. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, you are thinking about the ordinary moments and ordinary moments are very important component of our happiness. As I said, it's not about waiting and only living for that boost of happiness from extraordinary moments. It's savoring those small moments that counts. And actually researchers did extend research on long-lived communities. They call them blue zones. And one of the blue zones is the Japanese island of Okinawa, where the ikigai has its origins. And they really think that the concept of purpose, of savoring the ordinary moments is one of the components that helps those people to have such a high mental well-being and therefore contributes to their longevity. Wow. That's the next place to go then on the list. I like to always bring a bit of twist in our conversation. So here comes the twist. I'm giving you a warning. Uh-oh. But I'm just thinking, isn't it that our society pressure us to be extraordinary and have the extraordinary life? And ordinary for many times could feel boring and uneventful because in the newspapers, in social media, we see extraordinary. So my question is, are we truly okay with being ordinary? Comparison is never good. It's never good. I struggle with that a lot. And I think these people are doing this and that, and I should be doing that. As soon as I say should in my head, I know I'm thinking about it in the wrong way. I'm taking the wrong approach. It's like, well, what do you want? And I have thought about that recently, like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going on holiday. But what do you want to do? What's making you happy right now? Would going on holiday make you happy? And then it's like, well, yeah, I think it would. And it's like, okay, great. If you've come to that conclusion, because you think it would, but it starts And sometimes I realize I don't want to, but as soon as I start making decisions because of comparison, I don't think it's been the right motivation. Yeah, absolutely. So one factor that is so toxic to our level of happiness is social comparison and wanting what we don't have. And many times we comparing, unfortunately, our insights with other people outside. And that comparison is never really objective, if you like, and really valid. 
But sometimes, as you say, it's hard if you are surrounded by extraordinary in sense of what media shows us and what our friends maybe promote on social media and then thinking about your ordinary moments and about your ordinary life. One of my favorite books, I don't know if you came across it, it's by Andrew Kaufman. It's called All My Friends Are Superheroes. Oh, you told me about this. Oh my God, I love that book. The main character is Tom and Tom is an ordinary bloke and all his friends are superheroes. And he even married a superhero, the perfectionist. And his friends would say to him like all the time, mate, how can you function in this crazy world with having no superpower? You You are just so ordinary. But something happens in the life and through that story, we almost wonder whether the ordinary is actually the extraordinary. And I just love that story. Maybe being ordinary is actually that superpower that we need to maintain our happiness. How can we learn to avoid social comparison then? It's very hard in the current digital world that we live in where the best of people's lives are put on social media. Social media needs to be used in a well-managed way and understanding and remembering that people put the best of themselves out there and maybe starting to put ordinary things. When you were just saying that, I was like, oh, we should do a special on the Instagram this week. I'll just put up very ordinary things on our Instagram account and just be very simple. But don't go into trying to make the ordinary moment extraordinary, you know, when it's like making the picture so beautiful that it looks like it's the best coffee ever. It's like, no, this is supposed to be an ordinary moment. Yeah, no filter. Yeah, I think you're right. We all suffering on occasions from social comparison. I think what helps could be always remembering that you know yourself very well and you know your life very well and you're only comparing your insights, which are not perfect, to someone outside, which is always filtered, always made to look perfect. And also thinking about the concept of circle of influence. It is a concept introduced by Stephen Coey in the book The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and this is really thinking about what impact we can have in our circle of influence. So obviously people who we consider extraordinary, political power, fame, extraordinary achievements, they have huge circle of influence and they can impact lives. We not necessarily may have it, but we also can make impact right now, right here in our small circle of influence. And that counts as well. And this is when we spoke about the kindness, being resilient when we have challenges, having courage. All of those things are ordinary, but they are very heroic in our circle of influence. Oh, totally. It's hard to say feel confident if you don't, but to maybe aim for or try to feel confident in your own choices and feel proud of your own choices, your own ordinary things, rather than looking what other people are doing and think negatively of yours. Look at what other people are doing, accept that that's what they're doing, and then feel proud of your ordinary achievements to give you a bit more confidence. Because sometimes you can feel like unsure, like, oh, I am just really boring. Because I said at the beginning, ordinary and boring are not the same thing. Boring is only like a self-criticism. But you might think that you're boring, but what even is it? 
Exactly. To be honest, you could actually argue that you can find wonder in everything. I mean, look at kids. They look at the most basic things and they're so excited. I have lots of nephews and nieces and I still remember buying nice toys for my nephews and nieces and they will be wanting to play with the packaging box. And the toy was ignored, even the toy was colorful and flashy and extraordinary, but the box ordinary thing was so exciting for them to play with. Yeah. So you can find wonder in anything. Nothing is really boring. It's just that we miss those certain components of it. I love that. enjoy more the ordinary moments well this felt similar to gratitudes i have to say i know i bring it up all the time i think gratitude helps you enjoy the ordinary moments absolutely yeah i think taking time to just reflect on what's been enjoyable for you that day yeah i think that helped i mean it helped me think about it Yeah, so the first step is definitely notice. We need to notice ordinary moments. And I think that's why it's easier to do it in the morning and in the evening. That's the moment when we pause. In the morning, we haven't started our day yet. In the evening, we're finishing it and we're reflecting. But during the day, it's quite difficult sometimes to pause and enjoy the ordinary moments. And definitely many ordinary moments go really unnoticed through our life. As with the gratitude, as you said, your favorite episode... Definitely mindfulness can help us celebrate the ordinary moment because it's about awareness of what's taking place right now in front of us. It's not thinking about the past or the future, it's celebrating now. And we also spoke about it when we spoke about acceptance, is that pause to really notice without the judgment what's happening right now, right here, and having a pause and a break before we decide what to do next. So I think definitely mindfulness could be a nice practice that can help us to celebrate the ordinary moments. Definitely. We just have to remember to do it. <laughs> yes, we just have to remember that ordinary moments are great. They count and they really should be celebrated a little bit more. And once you start practicing it, it becomes so much more natural, doesn't it? Yes, because when I was doing the dare this week, I suddenly had endless examples and I thought, no, I have to pick, let's say, top two or three to share on the podcast. Otherwise, we'll be here whole Sunday just recording and just going through everyone's ordinary moments. And I felt that our friends had similar experience because I received one short message and then six others afterwards. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Perfect. Let's aim for good enough ordinary life. Okay, Kitty, fantastic episode on ordinary. So the moments that we experience on a regular basis. Do you remember the two cultural concepts that we spoke about? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Yes. Huga. Very good. Ikigai. Perfect. The huga was the feeling of coziness and ikigai was the Japanese way of finding purpose in small pleasures and celebrating that, almost taking it to the level of a ritual. And we learned that celebrating ordinary moments do come to us with age. The older we get, the more happiness we gain from those moments. And these moments has been shown by researchers to be important to our happiness, well-being, and even can contribute to our longevity. 
Do you remember one factor that is very toxic to our happiness? Comparison. Comparison and looking at the extraordinary that we are surrounded by because of media and then forgetting about our ordinary moments. And we can combat that by trying to concentrate on our circle of influence and impact. What is important in our life in that particular moment and how we can impact that. And we spoke a little bit about the practice of mindfulness, recognizing here and now, savoring the moment, which will hopefully help us to savor our ordinary moments. Oh, lovely. The simple things. The simple things. Okay, next week, Claudia, is P, and I've been really looking forward to this week. For episode 16, we'll be discussing play. Oh my God, this is so your letter. This week, I'd like us to use play as a tool to focus our mind. So when you recognize that you're feeling distracted or unfocused, frustrated with something maybe, take yourself away to play for 15 minutes and see what happens when you come back to your task. Yes, I'm so looking forward to that, especially that, you know, my nephews and nieces always send me funny gifts and I'm always a bit like skeptical. That's it. I'll be watching those uh, singing kittens, dancing kittens and all of that. (laughs) Um, That definitely will be one of my ways to play a little bit. Great. Should we try and play in three different ways? Let's do it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, amazing. I'm so excited about this week. I love play. I think play is very powerful. And I think it's something that as an adult needs to be explored and brought into our lives. And I think it has a huge amount of power for happiness. I agree with you. I think we need to relearn almost how to play. Oh my God, I'm smiling so much. (laughs) (laughs) You are. It's lovely to see. So everyone, let's tell somebody you like about our podcast because it will bring them happiness. If you're not subscribed, subscribe, give us a review, follow us on Instagram. We'll be uploading lots of ordinary posts this week to make you feel good about your ordinary lives. And also maybe if you want to check out a summary of each episode and you would like to find out a little bit more about the resources we're using, head to our website andhappiness.co.uk. podcast pals so um i've been thinking uh, about um ordinary things which uh make me happy um oh there's such a lot of little things to think to choose from isn't there once you get once you get thinking about it um just like the little daily things that bring you like a little bit of joy but um so anyway rounded it down to a few things number one a perfectly cooked jacket potato Oh my god. I mean, what is better than that? This little vessel, <laughs> this little vessel of joy in its little crispy skin just waiting for its topping. Number 2 is cleaning the house and sitting in it. Kitty, I think I've talked to you about this before. Uh, I've definitely talked to you about it before because I think you wrote a poem about it. It is like one of life's great joys, isn't it? You know, I'm naturally quite a mess person, so for me cleaning the house, sitting in it 
what a joy oh yeah and um <laughs> i also i asked uh, i asked ross i was like what ordinary thing today you know bought you happiness what's that? and he's like a really satisfying poo morning ladies d here so you asked me to complete part of your dare in terms of what's an ordinary thing i love to do in my life um but it's just recently come back into my life and i actually forgot how much i love having this thing and so it brings me great joy every morning at the moment it's my coffee machine oh my goodness i have missed proper coffee for so long and look it's got a milk frother thing this has brought me so much happiness i love frothy milk and obviously i cannot get to a latte shop um in close proximity to where i live so actually working from home this has actually made me very happy have a good day ladies an um, ordinary thing that i love to do is um once i've taken a shower i love to just dance um put on some music and then for five minutes just dance and it's just me just me and the music dance crazy nobody's watching nobody's judging and yeah it's so energetic and that means a lot to me it's claudia's other half here my ordinary moment is sitting on a sofa on a friday night curled up uh, with a takeaway pizza and watching a nice film oh something ordinary that makes me feel happy you say uh having a wee in the shower